Welcome everyone to another episode of Heavy Forehands with Toro. This is your host Felipe Acosta and I hope you guys are doing great. This is the second part to the new segment of the podcast where we're going to be talking about uh, comebacks to the tour, post-retirement or quasi-retirement or injury. Last week we talked about the comeback of Roger Federer in the 2017 season post-injury in the 2016 season. And today we're going to be talking about a Rafa Nadal season. Uh, and it's been 10 years ago since that season. It was the 2013 season. But before that, I'm going to ask you guys to follow me on social media at feliacosta one on Instagram. And then please follow me on Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, Apple Podcasts or YouTube, whatever you guys prefer. And for the next couple of episodes, I have set up a couple of interviews and I hope you guys enjoy what's coming next. All right, guys, let's get started with this episode. So anyways, to continue warming up for the 2024 season, we're going to review today the 2013 season of Rafa Nadal. It was a great season in 2012. He was injured. He pulled his kneecap, he had the kneecap in tendinitis, and he he played the last match of the year against Lucas Russell from uh, Czech Republic, where he lost 6-4 in the fifth set. I don't know if you guys remember, it was a pre-heated match. It was like a five-setter, long match, and Russell was hitting his forehand serve so big. He was hitting the ball so flat through the court. And, and Rafa didn't play bad. Just Russell had a really good day, but it seemed like Rafa was kind of slow in his movements, and, and he seemed tired. He was coming from playing a really good French Open in 2012 where he beat Novak Djokovic in the final. I highly recommend to go back and watch the final. It was a great matchup between Joko and, and Rafa in the French Open, French Open 2012. But yes, Rafa, after Wimbledon 2012, he decided I'm going to take six months off. I'm going to reset and get ready. He didn't play the, the tournaments heading towards the US Open. He didn't play the US Open. He didn't play the ancient tour, and he didn't play the year, year and masters. He didn't even play the Australian Open 2013. So the guy missed two majors, and he didn't play for 222 days before he played the next tournament, which was the Santiago Open in February 2013. I don't know if you guys remember, he came back on the tour. This is the clay season. And he was not playing great. He won his first three matches. He beat Delbonis, Jimeno Traver, Chardy, and reached the final to play Horacio Ceballos from Argentina. Horacio, as you guys know, right now he's a really good doubles player. He had a really good singles career as well, but right now he's... Um, he made finals in a couple majors, and now he won a couple Masters 1000, so he's having a great career in doubles play with Grand Earth. But he also was a really, really good singles player. 
And in this matchup, Rafa lost against Horacio Ceballos in the first tournament of the year for 6-7-7-6-6-4. And Horacio was ranked 73 in the world at the time. And what we're going to see now that Rafa said that he was lacking reaction, speed, energy, leg strength in order to give his ball more depth. Things that he has done throughout his career, but he was not able to do it in this matchup against Horacio. And back then, a lot of commentators, people that work on the news, people that work close in the sport were saying that that Rafa was done, that he was going to continue playing, but he was not going to continue to be a top two player. He was going to be a top 20 player that has some decent tournaments, but given the physicality of his game, he wouldn't be able to compete at the highest level against Joko at the time, Murray at the time, and Roger at the time. But Rafa... Didn't care. He said, all right, guys, I'm going to get ready and go and play Sao Paulo next week, which he did. And as Rafa usually surprises us, he had a great week, actually. He had a rough start. In the first round, he beat Joao Sosa fairly easy. But then against Carlito Verloc from my city, from Chascomús, Carlos almost took Rafa down. Carlos was ranked. 88 in the world, 78 in the world. Rafa beat him 3-6, 6-4, 6-4 in the quarterfinals of Paulo. And then he plays another Argentinian guy, Martina Lun from Mendoza. Martin, I think, has his best year in his single career in the 2013 season. And it was 6-3, 6-7, 6-1 for Rafa. Another tough match. Playing on clay where he is his best surface so he's supposed to win most of his matches uh, and then he went on to play David Nalbandian or David Nalbandian depend, depends how you want to pronounce it the American way of the Argentinian way and this is the best match of Rafa of the season David usually he puts a good fight against Rafa I remember the first Two times that they play, David beat him fairly easy. I, I think in the 2007 season, uh, David beat him back-to-back in Madrid and Paris. And then there, was a, there were a couple more times that they went into the third. But this time, Rafa took David on clay easy, 6-2, 6-3. And after being injured for 222 days, Making a final the week before, Rafa wins to win Sao Paulo. Good for Rafa. He already got a title in the 2013 season. And went on to play Acapulco, where he played Diego Schwarzman, beat him easily. He beats Martina Lund, easily designed. He didn't have to go on the third. Beats Leo Meyer, and, and he continued beating Argentinian players all year round. And then beats Almagro in a pretty good battle, 7-5-6-4. And then wanted to play David Ferrer, which David was the number one seed. And it was like the first, I would say, 
test of Rafa in the 2013 season because this is um, the only player David was ranked third in the world and all the players he played before they were ranked outside of top 10 so far in this season but Rafa played an unreal matchup he beat David 6-0, 6-2 and usually the matches between these two guys were a grind they were always a battle um, always like a 7-5, 7-5 or go to a third most of the times there were matchups that go um, Rafa's way but David usually puts a good fight but this time Rafa was just too good so we are in March and we are getting to the American Tour in playing Indian Wells and Rafa starts really strong beating Harrison, beating Meyer, Golvis, and then we have another good test here and Rafa plays Roger Federer which the 2013 season I would say of the last 10 years of his career that was the worst season of his career for Roger, Roger lost against Rafa 6-4-6-2 and Roger was the second seed and then Rafa beats Berdic 6-4-7-5 and so far, people are surprised of the how he raised the quality after being injured for more over six months the year before, and after starting at such a low point, losing against Horacio in the final of the Santiago Open. So Rafa goes on to play, went on to play against Juan Martín del Potro in the final of Indian Wells. 2013 and Juan Martin had a great tournament that year. He beat both Djokovic and Murray, which those two players made the final in the Australian Open where um where Djokovic beat Murray in four sets, I believe so. So they're both playing really good quality tennis. But again, Rafa he's such a grinder, he moves and makes balls and put Delpo to work. Uh, and despite Delpo winning the first set 6-4, I believe he was up a break in the second. Rafa turning around and Rafa won the second set 6-3 and the third set 6-4. And that's the way for Rafa in playing four tournaments since the beginning in February going into March, the guy won three and made one final. <laughs> That's unbelievable, right? Anyways, um, the commentators couldn't say anything anymore. They were all cheering for Rafa now. They were not saying that Rafa was going to retire anytime soon. Rafa was looking strong and he was now looking forward to the clay season starting in April. But the clay season, sorry for screaming so close to the mic. The 13th season, the Monte Carlo uh, Masters didn't start in the way Rafa would have wanted. Um, he, he made the final, he beat good players such as Songa, Dimitrov, but he lost against Djokovic. And Djokovic, after a so so um, American tour, would say, he stepped back his level and beat Rafa 6-2-7-6 in the final 
and and put Rafa to think a little bit on how to play Joko, in, especially in these clay tournaments, because Joko was taking the ball like so early. I remember those times with the backhand, he was stepping in, getting cross through the court real flat, and then changing down the line whenever he could. And then the forehand was hitting with way more spin back then. Uh, and he was trying to hit a lot of forehand to Rafa's backhand. Um, and Rafa, at that time, he didn't step in as much with the backhand. So he was kind of getting jammed. I, I recommend, again, watch those matches between these two. Um, Ten years ago, they were unbelievable. And anyways, Rafa, we went to play his, his tournament now, the... I think I don't think it's called Rafa Nadal tournament, but now there is a court on his name. He wanted to play Barcelona, and and won Barcelona easily. He beat Carlos Belloc in the first round. Carlos lost twice in this season against Rafa. Then he beat Benoit Per, Ramos, Raonic straight sets, and then beat in the final to Nicolas Almagro in straight sets. And that's the fourth tournament for Rafa in the 2013 season. And went to play Madrid. So back-to-back Spanish tournaments. And Rafa had another great tournament beating Babrinka in the final. And that's the best way to get into Rome. The tournament before the French Open and Rafa beat Federer in the final. 6-1, 6-3 in Rome. And now he won, let me do a recount here, he won Sao Paulo, Acapulco, Indian Wells, Barcelona, Madrid, Rome, the six tournaments before getting into the most important tournament of the year, which is the French Open for him, where he played lights out and we have some of the best matches in the ATP history or in the major history. And let's start reviewing one by one. So starting on the starting on the 2013 season, he had a pretty tough matchup against Daniel Brands, player from Germany. I don't think he's still on the tour. And Rafa won 6-3 in the fourth set. And it was a battle. This Daniel Brands, he was lefty player, really good build. His ball was heavy, you know, he can hit it. Hard, but it was heavy. Big serve. And we'll say it was the kind of player that would play really good in a, a fast court, like, not, not a fast court, but like, like a hard court tournament in Wells. Those kind of slow, hard court surfaces. Um, and I was surprised that put Rafa to work as much. Uh, and it was really tough. It was 6-3 in the fourth set. And people started second having second thoughts about Rafa winning this tournament. And then the second match, it was another tough one. We have Rafa beating Martin Cleason 6-3 in the fourth set. So it's already third round. But, well, it's actually it's only the third round, and Rafa already lost two sets. Then beats Fabio Fognini 7-6, 6-4, 6-4. And now is when he starts ramping up his level. He beats fairly easily um, this good player that is, you guys know, Kei Nishikori in straight sets. 
beats Tambarinka in straight sets and plays Novak Djokovic in the semifinals, one of the best matches what I've seen in the, in the French Open. And it was a five-set battle. I don't know if you guys remember this five-set battle. Um, this was before the time that they switched the, the rules in the French Open where if you get to six all you don't play a you don't play a tiebreaker but you actually you try to get to a two game difference now once you get to six all um well actually the french open is the only tournament i think you can continue doing the the two game difference but let me let me double check that but anyways now they you know they changed the rules and now most of the time you play at uh, fifth set tiebreaker, but back then in 2013, you you should continue playing by the two game difference. And in this tournament, it was seven all, and I think it's Djokovic's on serve, and I believe it was 15-30 long point. Djokovic was on the attack and had a pretty easy overhead, close to the net, but it was windy. It was really windy. Players was trying to play with a lot of margin because the ball was moving around a lot. So, anyways, Djokovic had a pretty easy overhead close to the net. Rafa was getting ready to play the 30 all point. And since the ball was moving so much, Djokovic went into play, hit the overhead, and then he hit the net before his ball had a second bounce. And you cannot touch the net in, in the middle of the point. You can maybe touch the net after the second bounce. So what happened is that the ref gave the point to Rafa. And it became 15-40. Rafa broke the serve and went on to serve and close out the match. And it was one of the biggest mistakes in Djokovic's career, I would say. And I wouldn't say it's like Rafa's luck or anything. Just Djokovic messed, messed it up. But that's the value of Rafa making one additional ball, right? If you don't run for all the balls, and even those easy balls that sometimes you just make it and you're going to give the other guy a fairly easy shot to hit a winner, it doesn't matter. You just continue hustling. Sometimes it, it provides some type of value. And anyways, Rafa went to play the final. And he played against his good friend, David Ferrer. And, and I was cheering for David Ferrer in this tournament. I, David, I think the 2013 season was the best season for David. David made the final in this French Open. He made the semis of the Australian Open. I think he didn't have to make quarters of Wimbledon and quarters of US Open. But David was ranked number three in the world that year. It was unbelievable year for David but that day in the French Open 2013 it was really rainy the balls were really slow and and David is not the guy who can generate a lot of pace so he always says that he likes the balls a little bit faster and, and Rafa he's a strong dude has a lot of power he can load with his legs and, and despite the ball being a little heavier because of the rain, 
and you know with the clay, the rain, the mortgage, maybe <laughs> almost double the size. Um, and Rafa played fairly comfortable against David, and I think David felt the pressure of his first major final in by then in 2013, and that was the only major final that he played. And Rafa beat him 6-3, 6-2-6-3, and he claimed his grand major number, if I remember it was... Yeah, that was his major number, 12. Look at that. He was already... He was at 12 only. Only. Like, <laughs> like anyone wins 12 majors, right? Anyways, he... And now he's another 22 majors. And this was 2013. We are 10 years ago. Oh my god, time fly by. Anyways, um, as I was saying, now we now head into Wimbledon. But I, before that, did he try to play in the tournament? No, he didn't play, actually. I was going to check if he played Queens. But he didn't play Queens this time. He was... Imagine, he was pretty tired. He played every tournament of the clay court season, basically. Um, and he only lost a match in that season. He was being dominant. So he wanted to play Wimbledon. And again, he had a tough Wimbledon. He lost in the first round against Steve Darcy. Steve Darcy from Belgium. He was ranked number 135 in the world. And, and I was surprised that he did some damage to Rafa, but... But Steve Darcy had a really good slice, and he was putting Rafa to work in that grass court of Wimby. Uh, Rafa had to get really low. His knees were getting tired. And something about the knees is that well, what Rafa always has said is that he has kind of like a chronic pain, the same with his foot. Rafa is always on pain, but sometimes he wakes up and he doesn't. He's a little loose. A little lower, sometimes a little higher, and he needs to adjust uh, all the time. Anyways, Rafa loses in the first round, Wimby, um, but it doesn't matter. He already won like seven tournaments that year. Um, I believe seven, right? Yep, yeah, seven. And he went to play in the Canada Masters after that, like a month later, after he took a good, good break. And, and he did really well in this American season, heading to the US Open. He won Canada, beating Djokovic in a really good semifinal matchup. You might have seen a video on Instagram or TikTok where there's like a long point. Uh, Djokovic hit a drop shot. He comes into a net, but the drop shot was really bad, actually. So, so Rafa getting to the ball get set with the backhand and kind of like swing straight at Djokovic's body and he, he hit Djoko and Djoko kind of like turn around look at Rafa straight into his eyes like saying like dude why, why did you hit me you had the, the court wide open and yeah those classic um, Djoko behavior back then uh, he likes to be polemic. I, I like Joko as well, but he he's a little more polemic than Rafa and Roger. And and Rafa won Canada. Rafa won Cincinnati, beating in a really good match in the final against John Isner. John Isner beat Del Point the semis, I remember. 
I was watching a tournament. I think it was Mar del Plata. I don't know, random fact where I, where I was when I was watching the tournament. <laughs> and in that tournament in Cincinnati, Rafa also beat Thomas Verdich uh, and Roger Federer in a good, really good match. And he got into the US Open, and, and he's the clear favorite, uh, despite Djokovic being, um, no, Murray being the last winner of the US Open in 2012, and Djokovic being the winner in the 2011 season. But here, Rafa was outstanding. He was crashing through people. He was playing so well. He beat Harrison, Dutra Silva, Ivan Dogic, Cole Schreiber in four sets. He destroyed Tommy Robredo, and Tommy Robredo beat Federer in the round before. Uh, he beat Richard Asquet in the semifinals. Richard in the semifinals as a pre-surprise pre surprise matchup. But Richard, I think, beat David Ferrer in the round before. I remember he played lights out. Like David didn't know where to get into Richard's game. He was trying to attack the forehand. And, you know, Richard's forehand is weaker than his backhand. But that forehand was working just fine. It was, it was working great. And then they play a really good matchup here. Rafa and Novak in the final. And it was a four-setter. But it was 6-2, 6-4-6-1. And if you can see that 6-1 four-set is fairly easy. Because that four-set, Joko was leading. He was up a break. He was, after losing the first set, 6-2, he kind of like turned around, found a way. He won the second set, 6-3. And he was up a break, 3-1, I believe so, or almost, I think he got into 4-2 in that third set. And Rafa turned around, and then kind of like Novak had like a meltdown, and he didn't really compete in the last set. So that's another major for Rafa. Won two majors in the 2013 season. And and after everyone saying that it was going to be a tough season for Rafa, that his body was going to give up, that he lost in the first tournament against Horacio, the guy turning around and became um, and made it one of the best comebacks on the tour after an injury. After that, Joko, Joko, I meant Rafa. Rafa went on to play Davis Cup, won his match, Went to play the Asian Tour. In this one, he lost against Djokovic in the final of the tournament in Beijing. I believe Beijing is a little faster. They played last week, actually, the tournament in Beijing, um, where we had Janik Sinner, right, beating our friend Medvedev. And then Rafa went to play in the Shanghai Masters, losing against Delpo. That Delpo played really good match against Rafa here. He destroyed the forehand with his Thor's hammer and beat Rafa 6-2-6-4. And, and then Rafa went to play already here by the time of the year. Rafa is getting tired. Already by this time of the year, Rafa is getting tired. And, you know, usually he doesn't do well 
in the Paris Masters. He never won the tournament. Uh, and the same case for the ATP World Tour Finals. He never won the tournament because his game is continues to be so physical, uh, and he needs his physic uh, physicality to be at the hundred percent, hundred ten percent in order to win tournaments. So he lose. He lost in Shanghai. He lost in the Paris Masters, Paris Bercy against Ferrer, and then he made the finals in the. ATP World Tour Finals, losing against Joko. But anyways, guys, he had a great season after being injured for 222 days. I know I said it three times already. But congrats, Rafael. You had an amazing season in 2013. And hopefully we can see a little bit of that tennis this year, this coming year. I don't think it's going to be um, the same game style. But we want to see that kind of passion going into those matchups where you can be a favorite playing against Joko, can be a favorite playing against Sinner, Carlos, Alcaraz, Danny Medvedev. We want you competing at the highest level possible. And, and I think you're going to surprise us. So, uh, guys, let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think about this episode. I know I get into the weeds of the the matches, the scores, and what I remember from from watching uh, in the 2013 season. I had really good memory, if you guys can tell. And so far, I'm enjoying this new segment of the podcast. We already had Roger, Rafa on the books, and I think we had a couple more of returning seasons for Rafa. In the next one, we're going to be talking about uh, a good fellow Argentinian, Juan Martín del Potro in the 2016 season. So stay tuned for that episode. That is the end of today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this one. And next week we're going to be continue working on this new segment of the podcast that it gets me really excited. I'm excited about the 2024 season that's coming. But before we, of course, we have a lot of tennis in the Asian tour this week with the, the Shanghai tournament. And as I said before, we're going to be having a couple of interviews coming up. So stay tuned in. And that's all what I have for today, guys. Have a great one.